Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, former NFL and college QB Matt Sims, host of Sims Complete. And also with me, the man that loves to make faces when I'm not looking, Ryan Roberts, Irish Breakdown (laughs) recruiting analyst. Today, we're going to be doing the second part of picking the best destinations for the top quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL draft. We've got six guys that are worthy of potentially going in the first round, if not the early second round. We talked about Jaden Daniels. We talked about Caleb Williams and Drake May already. And today we're going to be doing J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix. Three guys, a little more controversial on where they could end up getting selected. Very, very large ranges of potential draft slots. Guys, I want to start us off here with Bo Nix. I feel like Bo Nix is the easier one to talk about. The one that's probably not going to be as um, uh, contentious to here to discuss because I know who Bo Nix is. He's the highest floor of any of these three guys. Um, I think he can provide maybe more of a steady presence early on. Maybe not as exciting in terms of the ceiling that he can bring to an offense, but still just seems like the more well-rounded quarterback of this class of any of the guys that we've talked about. Ryan, I want to go to you first. What do we think here for Bo Nix? I have put this one in a mock draft before. I've talked about it on this podcast before, I believe, as well. I think the LA Rams are one that makes a lot of sense for Bo Nix for a couple of different reasons. One, I think just in a vacuum, he fits a lot of what Sean McVay wants to do with the quarterback position. He does, although Matt Stafford isn't the fleetest of foot, Matt Stafford is a very good mover inside of structure and kind of extending the pocket a little bit. And I think that that is what... Bo ideally would want to do, you know, some half rolls, work off a of play action, RPO looks, you know, the elongated mesh and doing those types of things, working off out of inside of structure. I think that Bo does a lot of those good things there because he is a good overall athlete. He is a hair under six foot two, but right around six foot two, 220 pounds. He's going to be rec- He's going to hit all the requisite thresholds you want as far as height, strength, athleticism good arm strength. And I think that LA Rams offense for one could accentuate his strengths. I think the other good thing is, is that although Bo has played some good football and I do agree that he is one of the higher floor quarterbacks in this class, I would be okay with you taking him along a little slowly. And Matt Stafford right now is playing really good football in LA. But the one thing that you know, that Matt Stafford is getting a little bit long in the tooth. He is also becoming a bit, well, he's had injuries throughout his career, but the last couple of years especially, he's been getting a little bit injury prone, a little bit banged up just because he's getting a little bit older. I think you could be patient with Bo, but ultimately I think that that would be a really smooth transition working with Sean McVay in that offense because I think a lot of the principles that McVay likes to do in what was a traditional outside heavy zone, uh, outside zone heavy team, now they run outside zone, they run inside zone, they do some duo stuff, they do some gap scheme. They're more of a diverse team overall, but the qualities they like in their quarterback position, ideally, which is why they moved from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford, is mm. the quarterbacks that can really move well in the pocket, extend a little bit, and I think Bo Nix would mesh in that offense really well overall. 
I, I really like that pick a lot for the Los Angeles Rams. I think it would be someone that you're ex- absolutely right, Ryan, that fits perfectly with the, what they're trying to do. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit away from uh, the Rams, though, in this first one, because I actually had the Rams for another quarterback that's on our list today. I think but, I know which one it is. <laughs> yeah, probably, right? Probably. I'm, I'm too predictable that way. But I'm going to go for Bo Nix and the New Orleans Saints. I think that he would be a good quarterback to go for that football team, what they want to do, playing in the dome that way, AFC South, good conditions, good athlete, throws the football well all over the field, very good at the intermediate passing game, is a guy that I think could be a day one backup for you and feel confident about that for you with what they have already in New Orleans and really just give him that firsthand experience of, you know, essentially being one snap away from being the guy, but also knowing that he really can fulfill the role and be essentially a slightly Derek Carr 2.0 type of NFL quarterback. I think there's a lot of similarities between the two players in a lot of ways. I think that Bo Nix has the experience. He has the versatility. He has the athleticism. He moves well in the pocket. He throws extremely well on the run. And I think that he would really do a lot of the things that they're trying to do offensively in New Orleans with Derek Carr. I think Bo Nix would be able to really seamlessly transition to the NFL level with that offense, with the Derek Carr and a quarterback, too, that I think has kind of been brought up the quarterback coaching tree a very similar way that Bo Nix has and has also been through a lot of personal adversity uh, that he could relate to as far as being groomed into the position on how to obviously deal with that adversity, how to be a a professional week in and week out and, and really learn, I think, from a very capable quarterback and ultimately be a, a slightly better version of him in a lot of ways. It's his opportunity to be the starter. I like both those picks that you guys have here. The Rams one makes a lot of sense with the scheme and the fact of what we saw that he did at Oregon this year where you know, he was asked to extend the pocket. There was a lot of play action, a lot of quick delivery. And then I, I it just does feel like Bo Nix feels like a New Orleans Saint if we're just talking about just a vibes play. But in a similar vein, I also think that the Denver Broncos are a great team to bring up in this discussion for uh, picking Bo Nix because I look at what Drew Brees did for the longest time when he was the starting quarterback uh, under a, a Sean Payton coach team. And now Sean Payton is looking for that next guy who is quick trigger, decisive, able to excel in the short to intermediate. I think that Bo Nix could work well within this offense. We don't totally know how and the direction of what they're trying to look for at the quarterback position now that they're trying to move on from Russell Wilson. It's going to be a really difficult path. I don't know if there's necessarily enough guys out there on the open market for them to go and get a veteran free agent or trade for a veteran quarterback to remove them from their current sitting position. So if they're looking to start young but also old at the same time, which sounds strange to say, you can theoretically get that with Bo Nix because he's played so much football I believe it is he the oldest Ryan of of all the oh, quarterback no, it's prospects. Oh Ma- no, Michael Penix. It's Michael Penix. Um, I, I mean, I, I always forget how freaking old Michael Penix is, but he's still up there. He's he's twenty two, yeah. twenty three years old. He's one of the yeah. older players. He's played so much football, and we saw that experience uh, show up often for Oregon season this year. So I think that that Bonick situationally, and then also just the way that Sean Payton has looked for quarterbacks, that one might make some sense. 
I I understand where the thought process is coming. I think part of what Bo Nix does could really mesh into Sean Payton. I just always think of Sean Payton more as like a stagnant passing offense as far as really more of a pocket-centric quarterback is kind of what I'm looking at, right? A guy that can navigate a little bit, but he doesn't really move the pocket a ton. He doesn't really do, you know, roll out action off of play action. Like, he's not really that type of dude. So I actually had the newer – I actually had the Denver Broncos, excuse me, with a different quarterback on this list. But I think uh-huh. that we have already, you know, what's funny is Matt talks about the New Orleans Saints. You talk about the Denver Broncos. Those are literally the two other fits for these other two quarterbacks that I'm going to talk about here. So that we've definitely have kind of hit on some of the teams that definitely could use a, maybe they need to bolster the quarterback yeah. room, right? That's, yeah. that's yeah. really whether you're getting the guy or a guy that, you know, at least he's not going to lose you the season or a game is the most important thing. I think we have to keep in mind too, when you're in these, these draft rooms for quarterbacks. All right, let's move on to our next guy. <laughs> let's move on to our next Two guy. Two weeks in a row, I've gotten Ryan to do. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> we just started a compilation. Yeah. Of, there's, uh, not, there's, not, there's not enough good quarterbacks in the NFL right now, man. There's just not. So you're absolutely and right. And that's college's that fault. That's the it college's is. fault. It's not the yeah. NFL's fault. Tom All Brady right. making that complaint, big picture about the quarterback play not being as good as it used to be. Well, the coaches at the college level are, are not as good as what they used to be. They don't demand enough from their players on the offensive side of the football. It's look at the sideline and clap. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, actually, what, Joe. Joe. Well, no, it's a, it's a really good it's a really good point to bring up, Brian. What were you going to say? Quick note. Actually, the oldest quarterback in the class I just remembered is actually Kasim Hill out of Rhode Island. So he's like twenty six. Okay. <laughs> I. I've, yeah, I've had I've had some discussions with uh, former teammates about him. I he, mean, we've he literally was, he was in, in the same high school. He was in the same high school class well, as, he, as he Matt. Was, so, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he was not at Rhode Island when I was there, but I believe he was the recruiting class before me. So I theoretically, you know, could have still been playing with him, but you know, my eligibility ran out four years ago right. <laughs> however long he somehow managed to be playing uh, until he's 26 i still don't understand how you'd want to be in a locker room with a bunch of 18 year olds that to me is a, a very strange strange vibe i doubt kasim hill ends up getting uh drafted anywhere in, in a striking range to be a starting quarterback um uh, the oldest quarterback though in this class as you said ryan that is going to get drafted in the top 100 picks let's say is michael Penix from washington and we already did a breakdown on Michael Penix as a prospect talking about how his draft projection is going to be so wide. Because if you look at the tools, you look at the traits, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to say, doesn't do certain things well that we would like him to do, like throwing to the middle of the field, but maybe we can work on it because his arm strength is just so tremendous and his his pocket awareness and pocket mobility is so great. But the injuries that are going to follow him with the shoulder injuries, the knee injuries might end up pushing him not only into day two, but late into day two, which could end up being maybe a steal for a team that has an incumbent starter that lets him sit. And then maybe he eventually uh, does take over. Matt, I want to go to you first on this one. What do you think for Michael Penix from Washington? What would be uh, potentially the best possible situation? Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent. 
off your first deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel a little bad because I am going to be uh, a little redundant with some of the picks that I, I pick as far as teams from even last episode to this episode too because I do feel like all these teams really kind of need to to take a chance on one of these guys. How they value them depends. Um, a few teams kind of keep come to mind when I think about Michael Penix, you know, and I, I made this as an example with another quarterback that we did last week in the same regard. You know, Michael Penix staying in purple and, and being a Minnesota Viking would be very intriguing to me in a, you know, NFC division now that has a lot of young talent potentially with Caleb Williams going to the Bears, with Jared Goff, the Detroit Lions, with Jordan Love at the Green Bay Packers, what are you doing to secure your future on the offensive side of the football and the great receiving core that you have other than you got to go out there and you got to get a young quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins or to be in the guy waiting. Now, Kirk Cousins, we'll see what happens with him this offseason, but I think Michael Penix does a lot of the things that Kirk Cousins does extremely well and does at a very efficient high level at the NFL game the downfield passing, the accuracy downfield, the ability to throw with anticipation, to stand in the pocket and be strong. He actually, I think, is a better uh, off-platform, so to speak, thrower, off-balance thrower, more creative with his arm angle. And for a guy that we don't think of as a scrambler or as a runner, I do believe that he does a good job of creating space for himself as a thrower at times and being flexible with his arm that way too. So I would be really curious if the Minnesota Vikings would have any interest in a really strong left-handed quarterback like Michael Penix who would absolutely dominate in a domed atmosphere that way, but also would be able to throw extremely well outdoors at Chicago, at Green Bay every year and be able to compete with them in that conference. So I think Michael Penix, Minnesota Vikings would be a very interesting pick uh, for me. I do like Minnesota, especially working with Kevin O'Connell, obviously yep. a former NFL quarterback in his own right and a very good offensive mind. I think it would make a lot of sense just to get a Young quarterback there in general. We talked about, obviously, the future of Kirk Cousins being a little bit cloudy right now, coming off the Achilles, right. especially a late-season Achilles injury. So when exactly does he come back? You know, And also, even before the and Achilles happened, they were talking about this year being a potential out of the contract in general because that's just kind of how everything's kind of formatting itself. So we'll right. see what the future of the quarterback position happens in Minnesota. I think it makes a ton of sense. The one that I put down, which Joe mentioned already, was the Denver Broncos for Michael Penix is one because I Love think it. that he kind of fits what I talked about earlier in the sense that Sean Payton is a very cerebral coach from an offensive perspective. He's a very stagnant coach from a quarterback perspective in terms of he wants to work almost exclusively from in the pocket. He does not move the pocket a ton. He does not roll guys out a ton. He is a traditional three, five, seven step drop guy inside the pocket make quick decisions. And that was the best of Michael Penix for the most part at Washington mm. was the ability to just get three, five, seven hit your back and make a decision and do good things for the most part. So I think that that offensive structure makes a lot of sense for him. I also think that there was a slight misnomer with his time with Drew Brees. Cause we don't, we don't the recency bias, right? The only Drew Brees that we remember was the old one who had to get the ball out Couldn't quick. Throw. because He didn't have the arm anymore, right? Like that was yeah. the one we remember. But if you remember in his best part of his New Orleans career, it was when he had 
Marcus Colston, who can push the ball a little bit outside with his size. It was when they have Devery Henderson, who was an absolute speedster that can move all over the field. Jimmy Graham was a vertically oriented tight end as well. Drew Brees was actually a really good deep ball thrower in his best time at New Orleans. And I think that ideally, Sean Payton wants a multi-level quarterback that is not just a short game, you know, quick game guy can also push the ball vertically and hit every level of the field consistently. And I think Michael Penix has that opportunity if the medicals check out and if he finds a good rhythm and a good uh, a good understanding of what Sean Payton is trying to find in a quarterback position. And I love that too because I really do believe that, you know, Drew Brees, what him and Sean Payton did together was they really kind of revolutionized throwing the seam ball again, right? Vertical passes that were in the teeth of the defense down the middle of the field where it was great coverage, but they threw them open, right? They gave them those 50-50 opportunities, but they taught it so well. He threw it so well. They executed at such a high level that it didn't matter if it was covered well. They were still pushing the football down in those 50-50s you know, uh, situations consistently. And I think Michael Penix definitely has the physical ability and talent to do those things. Agreed. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I like the Penix pick for, for the Broncos. But the one That's that good. I had was the one that you brought up, Matt, was, uh, was the Vikings to kind of just reiterate – some of the things you brought up here without completely recycling what you said, I mainly look at situationally, Kirk Cousins' injury happens this year and you're starting to see the mortality of his career where how many more does he have left where he can play a full season? And we don't want to endure everything that we just saw uh, with all the shuffling with Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs and all that crap again. Where we, we, we need to have a contingency plan. And on top of that, you know some of these other options of of trying to go young and, and high upside. Who is the kid that they just drafted from from BYU? Jaron Hall. And yeah, Jaron Hall. Like I, I don't think that Jaron Hall is really in a position to eventually be a starter, and his projects a little bit more as a backup. What can work well with them here is they're not going to take Michael Penix at eleven. That's way too early to draft a, a quarterback with injury issues. Um, but I think you come back in the second round, you end up selecting Michael Penix and you're able to solidify that future and have a guy that doesn't need to play right away. You can work on some of those deficiencies within his game and then eventually take over and move on from Kirk Cousins and probably get some decent trade value for him as well. So I really like that option. I think that that would, would fit well with him. Last guy, JJ McCarthy, which saving the best crap. for last baby saving the best don't for la- don't 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 i so i was actually on a viking show last week and we talked about a lot of this stuff and they were asking me like who do you think the best options are and i brought up the, the top guys and stuff and i didn't think that was realistic for them to, to get one of them at 11 without trading up and they asked me about jj mccarthy and i just straight up said no i'm not i'm not <laughs> i'm not interested in jj mccarthy but um but there are some nfl teams that are going to see him and they're going to want to develop him. And realistically, you can develop J.J. McCarthy into a good starter. He has the traits, but it's probably two years away. We, we didn't really get to see him play as a premier passer in college. He was a handoff machine when he was at Michigan this past year. Still did some nice things that we can build on and work on. Ryan, I want to go to you first. I'm sorry to sacrifice you first to, to probably the, the worst, <laughs> worst uh, I appreciate uh, hardest it. pick to make on the show. But uh, Ryan, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? With the 10th overall pick, the New York Jets select J.J. McCarthy, which is actually See, a complete joke. No, no, it's a too. joke. It's a joke. Oh, okay. It's a joke. I'm I not mean, putting, if we're talking vibes play, like when, I'm, you know, I'm, he likes to meditate and he's, a, he's, he's trying to be like, a, sure, you know, mentally. Sure. And I think maybe some comparisons between it. 
I, I am not putting I'm not putting Midwest Zach Wilson with Zach Wilson in the same building. I am not doing Ooh, that. He said it. He said I'm not, it. I'm not doing it. Look, I think that for me, whatever situation you want to dump JJ McCarthy in, it is going to be best for him to be able to sit, learn, and be able to develop slowly. I do not think that he is a player that we look at and say year one impact. I'm not even sure that he's a player that you say year two impact, although it might be forced upon him to be that type of guy. I also thought about the Pittsburgh Steelers because they are in desperate need of figuring out that position. I don't think that Kenny Pickett is that guy. It's boring, but I end up going with the New Orleans Saints because I just believe there's going to be transition there offensively moving forward because it wasn't good enough this year. There's going to be an identity that you need to find. And I also do think that Derek Carr is a stable enough starting quarterback that you do not have to rush J.J. McCarthy onto the field. Honestly, not a big fan of the fit. Not a big fan of a lot of fits because there's just not a lot of teams right now that I look at are are in that middle ground of like, hey, we can draft a guy pretty early, but we can be super patient with him. Like, it's just not the world we live in as much. So I'll pick the New Orleans Saints because I don't think that they have to throw him onto the field quick and, and, and just have to throw him into the fire. But ultimately, I think the more important part of beside for the the team that drafts him is the understanding that he hasn't played a lot of football. He needs to be able to sit back, watch, learn the mannerisms, the day-to-day grind, the film study. Everything is still fresh and new to J.J. because J.J. played on a great football team, man. That was a run-centric offense that didn't ask him to do a lot. There needs to be a lot on his plate early, but I don't think that you need to throw him to the wolves early either. So it's going to be an interesting find of where the best spot is for JJ. I also, the thing that does get tricky with that one is that you're likely going to be transitioning coaches next cycle, unless Dennis Allen has some miraculous progression forward. I I don't hate that. I just, God, I feel bad for Saints fans. If that's the, you know, you, you go from Derek Carr to, JJ McCarthy, who's a bit of a question mark. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you think here? JJ is a really interesting prospect to me. We've discussed it before. How I think that he has tremendous upside, and there's a lot to like about this person, right, and his development and what he's capable of. Ryan's exactly right in the sense that we haven't seen enough just time on task with just dropping back and cutting up defenses consistently. He's got experience, but I wouldn't say that he has a ton of like real live action, meaningful experience of being uh, the, the focal point of an offense, right? To really be the master and commander of your offense's success consistently day in and day out. I'm going to go with a team here that, you know, a lot of question marks as far as the franchise and all that kind of stuff too, but have a starting quarterback. He's contractually obligated to them for another year or two, I want to say, or two years for sure. He's proven that he is a journeyman type of guy that's made it the hard way. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks as a potential. That came in my head too. Looking at a quarterback of the future, a developmental type of quarterback. Now, for me personally, I really see JJ as a third to fourth round quarterback. I really do. People who have him in the first round. You just, I just think you're crazy. I really do. I think it's too much too soon to have J.J. as a first-round draftable quarterback for your roster, especially if you're expecting him to play sooner rather than later. So I go with the Seahawks, knowing that probably going to get a few more draft picks ahead of team needs. 
right? Bolstering up the defensive line, bolstering up maybe the receiving core, getting another weapon on the offensive side of the football, bolstering the offensive line, more importantly too, right? To be more effective in that NFC West, especially with who they're competing against consistently with the Rams, with the Cardinals, with the 49ers. I see JJ as a third or fourth round pick potentially, you know, even maybe even later. And you saying, we're going to groom you to be our backup, hopefully for this year. If not, worst case scenario, you are a reserve quarterback. And we hope that we can groom you into being our guy after Gino has kind of had his run here and we're maybe ready to move on from him. I don't know why, but JJ McCarthy feels like a different version of Drew Locke. But like, I, I totally see that though. I, I see, I, in the sense where like Drew Locke, like just never really put it together. Like we kept saying, like Drew Lock has it. He has it. He has it, but he hasn't really put it Drew together. Drew Lock, we know that see physically that. he has it. We know yeah, that right. he has the physical capabilities of it. We always were the question: Can he actually just play the position well? Right. <laughs> Which yeah. is like, and I'm not like that. Not a knock, but just like yeah. be like a true quarterback at worst case, a game manager. Right. Yep. Drew Lock's a little reckless at times. <laughs> With JJ, you know that he can absolutely be a game manager. He won't lose you the game and you hope that you can develop into having him uh, with certain qualities that can make him an above average game manager. And maybe he can develop into, you know, being a true drop back passer that can win you football games, you know? And, and I say game manager with like the utmost like respect in the world for doing that. Lamar Jackson is a fantastic game manager. But Lamar Jackson also has game-changing like qualities to go along right. with that too. Yep, so right. can JJ develop the uh, another quality to his game? Maybe it is his scrambling. Maybe it is his throwing on the run. Maybe it is his downfield passing once he gets more comfortable with it. But just can he develop a game-changing like quality with more years of experience in the NFL to go along with his ability to be a great game manager? So as we know, all know, I love to just throw crazy shit in at the end of the show. Um, here's <laughs> yeah. my idea. And this this might be, you know, a non-factor by the time, you know, by the end of today because of Jim Harbaugh's coaching situation. I, I think that he's going to end up at the Chargers. But right. he ends up at the Falcons. I'm going to throw this one out there. Oh, no. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make that decision to end up with the Falcons with the intention of, hey, I want to bring J.J. with me. I, we have never seen him praise a kid as much as he has with J.J. McCarthy. Like, he he clearly loves the kid. He has hyped up the kid every single step of the way. And I can't help but think of this fact. If this comes to fruition and he Andrew ends up Luck, in Atlanta. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's uh, – He's kind of not too far off with how much he's hyped up. I mean, Andrew, Andrew Luck, and Luck was like, but Andrew know, Luck was more deserving, so we like it, it made sense. He I know, has, but there for a while, Andrew Luck yes. was like the the child of college football right. and NFL football too. That right. like no one could ever speak poorly about him, right? Which is why it's kind of funnier, it. right? It's even funnier to hear him talk about JJ the way that he does because it's you know it's they're not the same level of prospect. Andrew Luck was so much further along when he was jumping to the NFL, but and a physical uh, freak, yes. right? The, the reason why I though I think JJ with Atlanta, if Harbaugh ends up there, I think it just makes sense because of that connection. I think you would need to figure out some sort of sitting starter for that to work out, and I don't know who that is. Maybe that's like Russell Wilson or something like that. This could be a chaotic mess if that ends up being no uh, the way that this goes. But I could see that. I think that really 
I would not be opposed to that at, in, in any way. I would love that, actually, you know, because I think Russell, too. Russell showed the ability for all of us, too, that like he really did change a little bit and like he changed for the better. Right. He improved mm-hmm. kind of who he was and what he was trying to do, you know. So I think Russell for the Atlanta Falcons, that would be really interesting. I would really like that for what they do offensively mm-hmm. and what they have already on the roster, his ability to throw the football down the field. He still can be elusive in the pocket. He still can make plays outside the pocket and outside of structure, you know, so like there's a lot to like about Russell Wilson and his, you know, essentially rebirth and, and being humble, you know, or, or just, you know, in, in a way that I think is, is good for the Falcons, for Russell Wilson and whoever the next head coach is there. You know what? I want J.J. McCarthy in Atlanta with Bill Belichick. Why? Because it'd be hilarious right. with the old man. Like, it'd be fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you no know, doubt. That's a fantastic toxic point to end the show with. Uh, at Joe Delio <laughs> and at Sims Complete and uh, at Rise and Draft, folks. Thanks for you. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week with more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.